Hey, it's Melvin, one of your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're a longtime listener, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast world, so if you want to help us out, it'll take only a moment of your time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the show. Daniel, how much have you lost your mind in the last 48 hours? Um, lo- losing mind is not how I describe it. It's more like just uh, broken hearted. I'm very, very distressed by what I'm seeing. Partially because literally on, I want to say, what's today? Today's Thursday. Thursday, on currently Monday. it is 11.14 a.m. on Thursday, 8.40. Okay. So. I want to say on <laughs> Tuesday, I was just talking to my wife about how HBO Max is my favorite streaming service and how it's my favorite and I it's love super it. Good. It's so yeah. great. Um, HBO Max really is in its current state. By the time we finish this, it might cease to exist, but um, it has the best library. It has a really easy to use layout. I like the way the service looks. It runs very smoothly for me. I've never really had I initially had problems, but since then they've really smoothed those out and it really runs nice. And for a while, just once a month, there'd just be a new movie, like a big blockbuster movie just on the service. It's it also distinctive in its user interface. Uh, all is, other yeah. streaming services feel like they're copying Netflix, but like the Netflix we had, I would say, six years ago, or even Netflix back when like you had to get, oh, you wanted to stream Netflix on your Wii? Let us know and we'll mail you a disc, that kind of like menu. But then uh, HBO Max has like this totally different user interface that is distinctive, easy to navigate. They have their categories and sections. It's it's a really nice place to be. Yeah, and it's, at some point this out, like it do, it doesn't feel algorithm driven the way other services do. It feels curated. Like it actually feels like somebody, um, either by virtue of just the wide variety of things Warner Brothers owns, or someone in charge actually kind of put a little thought into it, where. It has you have Turner Classic Movies and Adult Swim and Studio Ghibli and a whole like Sesame Workshop thing. Like there is no other service that has that level of depth. Like we complain about Disney Plus, they have their IP, but once you scratch on the surface, there's not much there. Netflix rapidly yes. is losing its library to other services. Peacock is just terrible. So you know, there's just like not a lot of other things like it. Um, but if you are paying, not I don't want to say paying attention, but if you were putting some dots together you would see that there was something wrong about happening. And it finally kind of came to the surface yesterday when it was announced that Batgirl, despite mostly being finished, like they hadn't finished Tuesday. post-production. This was Tuesday night, very yeah. late news. Yeah. <clears throat> so just be, there's been a lot of confusion about the topic, but uh, Batgirl is, I would say, a little more finished than the quote-unquote Snyder Cut was when it was canned or changed where it was to the point where they're having test screenings for it. And depending on who you're listening to, the test screenings were good or bad. There's been completely conflicting reports on this. Hollywood Reporter is reporting that the test screenings were the score was in the upper high 60s, which is pretty good. Uh, Rolling Stone's reporting that it's in the lower 20s, which is very bad. So I'm not sure who to believe in the situation, but it was at least finished to that point. And then the film, despite putting $90 million into it, was officially scrapped and that was when everyone on the internet suddenly became an expert in tax law but let's just let's not say that it was 90 million dollars let's describe how far the production of this movie was like it was not just oh we started casting and green lighting and a couple scenes were shot from what you've told me and from what i've learned all the scenes were shot it was in post-production which probably means there's a good amount of score that might have already been recorded and probably some CG has been completed. <laughs> so like the movie's done, <clears throat> but like only steps away from it done. This is like probably the kind of done that is like when you when you're finally getting to the end of a project and you feel comfortable to procrastinate a, procrastinate a little because you know I am going to finish. I can just take my time cleaning things up. It sounds like that's how far we were. Yeah, it was like all that needed to be finished was there was apparently there was some amount of like special effects weren't finished, uh, but it was finished to the point, <clears throat> excuse me, 
it was finished to the point where people had seen the movie and were able to comment on it. Like, and the reports coming out of the uh, test screenings weren't things like, oh, there was just tons of wonky green screen or something. There was some comments about the costumes and stuff, which maybe they're not fully finished or whatever. Uh, but yeah, there was just like some special effects weren't completed. I mean, the directors have come out and claimed they produced a statement following the cancellation, which one of them was at their wedding. When they one of them was at their wedding. And if you scrapped, um, want a bit of comparison or not comparison, but you've seen their work if you've watched Miss Marvel. So you know that they're capable yeah, and they did uh, of this the most recent Bad Boys film. Yes, yeah, I did hear uh, about that, which I've heard was a good movie, like a pretty good Bad Boys movie. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, so, like, and they're being very professional and saying, oh, there was a lot of work still needed to be done. Uh, but, I mean, if they're off at a wedding, then <laughs> their portion of the film is probably done. You know, the thing is, like, is fully shot, fully. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so... There is two sort of immediate reactions. Uh, first is for people who are stuck in a bubble and don't actually know what's happening, which is DC fans uh, or some people. Oh, and if I may cut in, um, <laughs> not that you have a choice, but uh, it was not just Batgirl. It was also Scoob. Uh, the Scoob sequel well, I, I, got nailed as well. Or was that afterward? Our- so the waves of reaction was um, as follows. So Scoob was canceled at the exact same time. However, it did not gain you had the same level of traction in online yeah, discourse. Yeah, not Batman. <laughs> because, yeah, this was... So, previous yeah. to this, there were two things happening. First, um, there were reshoots for Aquaman because what they did is they were... Initially, Michael Keaton... For those who are not aware, Michael Keaton's Batman was slated to become the official Batman of the DC Extended Universe <laughs> via the events of the Flash film. Wow, which okay, that's just, new to me. That's you, really new to me. Did you know... <laughs> I did not know that he was going to become a very pivotal figure of the Batman uh, of of this. He it's was, not, was going to be the Batman. I can't so. even call it like the Snyderverse anymore because it's not that. But like whatever this weird version of DC is that I did not know that essentially the Flash was going to not just have cameo Michael Keaton Batman, but that he was going to become, I guess, like the Batman Beyond version of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, where very he's just Batman like around. Uh, so yeah, the Flash neat. was going to. As far as we know, the Flash, because they spent a rumor around three hundred million dollars on the movie. My brain is just so. (laughs) This is what's been happening. The more we talk about, or even (laughs) Catherine and I talk about this, just for you, listener. It's like I get, I get. You know, people who are married and are in a good marriage will know what this is like. Where it's every now and then you're just hit with love, and you're just so impassioned and joyful about your marriage, and you just go and you hug your wife or you kiss her, and she's just like, "What's this?" And you're just like, "I love you." But this is the reverse, where, like, every time I think about this, I just get hit with, like, what is happening? Like, I just, and we haven't even talked about Ezra Miller yet. No, <laughs> like, yeah. just, so <laughs> I'm just setting the table so just, people understand. I can't do I can't set the table. I can't eat. I can't <laughs> sleep. I can't. I, two nights ago, it was Tuesday. It was, it was Wednesday morning. I texted Dan. I was like, dude, I was up super late talking to Catherine about this Warner Brothers stuff. Like, just... <laughs> can't do it. okay okay keep going i might have to mute my mic because i just can't like i can't oh it's like it's so much it's just, <laughs> it's just <ridiculous>. <laughs> <laughs> hey there it's your friendly neighborhood call to action just checking in on you hope you're doing all right i'm just stopping by to say you know if you enjoy the show you can always subscribe and write a review for cinematic doctrine there's itunes pod chaser basically anywhere you listen You can give us a shout out with a thumbs up, five stars, gripping positivity. Or if you hate the show, you can say that too. Hey, what? What are you saying? Why are you saying that? Well, I'm not going to tell them what to do, Ted. They're free to do what they want. Our analytics say we got a lot of listeners in the U.S. and you know they love their freedoms. And you're also free to check out our Twitter. Very active there. We host polls, memes. There's also the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group called Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group. If you want to join, just answer the questions, read the rules, and tell them the podcast sent you. Also, you should check out our website. Some really cool stuff there. Editorials, written reviews for movies we haven't had time to cover. Always check out cinematicdoctrine.com when you get the chance. Oh, uh, Ted also told me I shouldn't forget to mention the Patreon. Something about you can support us or something? Wait, Ted. I thought this was like a hobby thing. You want it's me to expand to... cinematic doctrine? You know right, this already. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I forgot. I'm the one who put all this together. 
Yeah, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can gain access to early uncut episodes of the podcast. Oh, and did I mention, you get to tell us what to do. That's right, each month you get to vote on a movie we discuss on the show. Anyways, I gotta run, so I'll see you guys later. Um, oh man okay i'm gonna be nice for a minute just so you can just so you can keep going <laughs> so okay for those who are not before the recently for those who are not aware warner brothers and discovery emerging um and uh right before that happened uh the previous regime greenlit several properties and were the people that kind of were trying to push a few things across the finish line before they left uh, they greenlit Supergirl film, Batgirl film, Blue Beetle, a couple of the projects. Joker 2, the musical. Uh, Joker 2 officially was confirmed yesterday, so I guess it's a Zaslav project. Um, mm. uh, but part of it was that following all the fallout from the Zack Snyder thing, Snyderverse, all that stuff, The Flash was set to be the slate cleaning uh, uh re- like, well, it, re- reboot, just... sort of. like Basically, it, it reboot in a way where... Um, they're going to do the Flashpoint story, which for those who don't know, it's a story where Flash runs super fast, goes back in time, comes to a bad, evil timeline, then goes back forward in time, and there's a new status quo, which kind of makes a lot of sense for their position. So they could keep the stuff that worked, like Jason Momoa's Aquaman, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, uh, and get rid of the stuff that didn't work. Like the entirety of the Snyderverse, which, like by the, the way, Snyder we haven't stuff. mentioned, but uh, Snyder Cut came out, we didn't even review it, didn't really matter, but uh, it turns out that Snyder Cut really did not perform well on HBO Max. Almost nobody watched it, which is especially funny to think that because not only does the Snyder Cut release, it then releases with a black and white version like a week later. So it's like you thought <laughs> it, nobody watched that. Nobody's it, watching black it, and white. It, it depends who you ask. Like uh, it, it did better than which like I movies liked. you've never heard it was, of. Right? Yeah, and I liked it, but yeah. like uh, it did better than Paddleton on Netflix, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but like a bona fide better film. But um, it, yeah, it not only his... just didn't perform well, though, it turns out the entirety of the engagement was bots and like Snyder kind of knew about it. And like there's I think it was Rolling well, Stone put out an, arg- an article about right, this. Right. Um, Rolling Stone which... put a big article, which I mean, some people like Wall Street Journal kind of questioned it. But like the thing is, like the, the thrust of the article is that an abnormally high number of bots were behind this really Snyder cut movement, which, yeah. Like, do you think, do you think duh, like somebody's going to try and do this, but with Morbius, they're going to be like, it was actually bots <laughs> who made it, but it's like, no, this was real people. Real people made you think it was real. Uh, All the tickets man. were bought by bots. That's not uh, in the theaters. <laughs> uh, man, we're, we're getting caught up in the Snyder cut weeds. Um, but it goes, it gives a good background for this, like the mess that is. <laughs> to the get DC to here, stuff, we like, have right? to go way, way back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to explain so, Jesus Christ, we need to go all the way back to the Old Testament. And we uh, need to really, <laughs> in the beginning was the word. And we're sort of the guy on the list. Um, so, regardless of, there's lots of people that like the Snyder stuff. You know, I'm mixed on it personally. I'm not a huge fan of some things. I think some of the stuff he does is okay, but whatever. But regardless, it's divisive. Which divisive is not what you want when you're spending 300 million dollars on a movie. So, yes. Flash is going to reset it. Part of that is he goes back in time. And what I think is a genuinely cool idea is when he goes back in time, he doesn't just go back to some random alternate universe. It's the Tim Burton Batman universe. Um, that's a pretty cool idea, especially if you're going to do multiverse stuff. It's I also metatextual. Keaton. It's clever. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the the concept out the release for it. It looks really cool because you get that Bat, Bur- uh, Burton suit, Batman uh, Burton suit and Flash and stuff. Uh, however, the thing that some people don't like is that when Flash comes back, the status quo Michael Keaton's Batman is still there and is replaced with Ben Affleck Batman. And so the beginning of Aquaman 2 is Michael Keaton's Batman's the one that gives him his mission. And then Batgirl, old man Michael Keaton, is like the, yeah, the Batman Beyond mentor to Batgirl and stuff. Uh, so Which sounds really cool. I just want to say, because like I said, I didn't know any of this stuff. I'm I'm not the one who's online reading spoilers or getting <laughs> tweeted at. But like, uh, not, the, not to sound like that's a bad thing. It's not. Who, does, who cares? But like, for me... The idea of like, okay, Ezra Miller Flash, don't care. But the fact that this Flash movie could just be used to pivot uh, Michael Keaton Batman back into the like zeitgeist 
it's basically what people jokingly were referring to, like expecting about like is Andrew Garfield coming back as Spider-Man? Is Tobey Maguire coming back as Spider-Man? Yeah. Is Andrew DC's... Garfield from the Spider-Man of the Sony-verse? Right. And you know? in this sense, it's actually just DC's going, yes, Michael Keaton is coming back. And like that's kind of interesting. And I would want to keep watching that to the point that it would just make me want to watch the Batgirl movie anyway. Uh, but this is just me responding to you. Keep yeah. Going. So because of Ezra Miller's <laughs> rampage across Hawaii and some European countries, <laughs> I need a movie things, about that. There's got to um, be an A24 movie coming out. It's like a documentary about this. Good time too. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the release dates get moved around, which means that when the Aquaman test readings are happening, People were just absolutely baffled as to why Michael Keaton is suddenly there and not Ben Affleck. They're like, wait a minute. And so they did some reshoots where they replaced Michael Keaton with Ben Affleck uh, because with the release date switching, it makes zero sense for Michael Keaton to be there and then to get put in. So, but then, of course, oh man. And here's the, here's the difficulty. <sighs> this high A highlights the nightmare difficulty of having a shared universe where everything has to happen a certain way or else the whole house of cards falls apart. But Unlike Marvel Studios, like the MCU, which is core, core fan base, is like millions and millions of people across the world who will just watch anything. The DC fan base is a lot more splintered. There's a core fan base that loves everything Zack Snyder. There's a core fan base that hates everything Zack Snyder. It's very weird. And so it be, creates this weird dynamic where some people just hate the idea of Michael Keaton being Batman because it's not Ben Affleck. End of story. Uh, so they looked at the whole Aquaman thing as a win. And then Batgirl gets canceled. And all the conspiracy theories starts happening because Michael Keaton's in that one. So they're like, is this is Zaslav trying to bring back the Snyderverse? Is like they see this as like a win. Definitely not. And oh, you poor babies. And so like here comes like so people start looking into it. And then, oh, my gosh, Scoob also got canceled. Uh, That has nothing to do with Michael Keaton's Batman. (laughs) What's happening? Yeah. And so some people are like, well, maybe they're pivoting and um, maybe they're trying to bring back the Snyder version doing this stuff and it turns out it's none of those things that is a microcosm of what's happening because people are like okay the Arrowverse shows are getting canceled um rumors is a Supergirl show which also would have been a spinoff from the Flash movie is canceled so are they going to get rid of the Flash movie are they going to return back to this continuity Superman and Lois dead is that gone no that that actually recently there's a big twist where it turns out it's a different Superman and Lois from the Arrowverse so the whole show you think you're watching those characters from Supergirl and all that stuff and there's a twist where it's actually a completely different continuity very not cool like the idea that a twist would be that this is a different continuity well it's like (laughs) it's post marvel multiverse world the first episode opens with a montage that heavily implies it's the same characters from supergirl and all that stuff so they literally just bait and switch the audience which is actually kind of dirty i i I don't usually side with the nerds on a lot of things like that but that is kind of mean where you literally made them think they're watching specific characters it turns out they're completely different characters uh, like I understand why they're trying to detach from the Arrowverse, which is yeah, just its own yeah, ball yeah. of wax. But anywho, uh, so the actual reasons for Batgirl's canceling start coming out. Initially, there's talk that it's oh those test screens were bad, but turns out in how in 2016 you may remember this, but a guy by the name of Donald Trump was president. Do you remember this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I remember. <laughs> this. Uh, so. <laughs> There were he signed in some changes, some uh, some changes as far as tax laws go. And I'm not a tax law expert. Um, I will send this stuff to you so you can put it in the links for people to read it. But some tax loopholes actually got changed uh, before 2016. And I'm reading this from it's an article from Looper where they're paraphrasing something from another uh, website called uh, uh, NewTaxCode.com, which goes over tax codes from filmmakers. But basically. Before 2016, investors were only able to claim up to $15 million in deductions for losses and investments on films. However, because of new tax laws that he signed into uh, into law, um, you can now write off uh, the entire 100% of all expenses for a film as a tax write-off. And so according to Zaslav, his new vision for DC Comics is he wants to only make big bloated temple movies with big characters like superman batman wonder woman oh, he's His, going back to snyderverse stuff well that literally sounds like so, what they tried with man of steel and like this is um maybe so okay uh, if you're going to if you're going to so this is just rumors the idea is that in his mind superman as a character sells a lot of toys doesn't matter who's playing him doesn't yeah. matter what continuity is it superman as an ip is valuable um, and that's where you need to invest money in. So when he looked at Batgirl, 
it was simultaneously too small for uh, a theater release, which is itself a sobering thought. A $90 million film is too small for theaters. Uh, welcome to the, welcome to the future. But it's also too bloated and expensive as a streaming thing. So they looked at marketing costs, which would have been about 40 to $50 million to market it. And they mm-hmm. decided that it would just make more money as a tax write-off. That is the sole reason he canceled it. It's not because he doesn't like Michael Keaton Batman. It's not because he personally did not like the film. It made more financial sense to write it off for tax purposes than to release it in theaters or dump it on streaming. That is the official reason that Batgirl is being um, canned. And it doesn't just stop there. Six films from HBO Max have been pulled mm-hmm. and written off their tax write-offs. I have them. I wrote them down. I did a little bit here. But before then, in terms of his mindset, uh, I read that there was apparently a, a uh, meeting where he was meeting with a bunch of executives to talk about why, in particular, they produced and distributed a film called Cry Macho, which is Clint Eastwood's movie from, like I think, last year. <laughs> Um, yes, I, re- I read this. Yes, and uh, uh, the film, of course, is like it didn't exactly kill it at the box office, but it was critically critically well received. And he asked, like, okay, why would we do this? And they answered, like, Clint Eastwood has literally worked with us for fifty years. He has been consistently very great with us and has produced really good stuff. Um, which, like, <laughs> if you're gonna like, in terms of like old school. <laughs> Hollywood people. I mean, people were talking about this a lot with like Tom Cruise being that guy, like because of Top Gun Maverick. But it's like, no, Clint Eastwood is still that guy's like 90, 80, late 80s, still making movies, directing, writing and acting in them. Anyways, they said like, hey, like it's one of those equivalent. It's like the equivalent of respect. Like we he's worked with us and done great stuff with us. We want to work with him and stuff, whatever. And um, Zaslav reportedly quoted, I think it was Jerry Maguire. Um, it's not show friends. It's show business. <laughs> yes. And like <laughs> about uh, Clint Eastwood. One of those and in that particular filmmakers. like write up, the person says like how the quote is from the villain of that movie. <laughs> it's so, like it's like it's like how if anybody ever says uh, Gordon Gecko is their role model because they really liked uh, Wolf of Wall Street you got to get away from that person. <laughs> like you've immediately just been told the radius. You should stand from him. Um, and that's like, that's who we're kind of seeing and learning from this guy. Now discovery did just acquire, I think 46 million or 40, how much 46 something it's 46 million or 46 billion. I know those are widely different numbers, but 46 <laughs> big number I'll never see in my life in my yes. bank account. Um, of debt like they've accrued a lot of debt that was from warner brothers which all of this i texted you and said like this really asserts how mismanaged uh, or warner brothers has been for a long time um which frankly these companies like warner brothers 20th century fox which is now gone um and universal and stuff they've been around for like 100 years that's crazy right like so i get it like they have it is, it's about time some of them start going a little weird or getting bought up by the Disney. But like, this is just a really bizarre thing. Plus, it's happening to <laughs> it's it's getting to that crossover of uh, Screen Rant and ComicBook.com and stuff like that. That also just adds the spice of life to this whole experience where like people are going, wait, taxes in my <laughs> fandom? And it's just like, well, I get it's... the decisions that he's making. But I also like I even texted you again t- talking about texting. Wow. But like I, I texted you and said, like, he wants to reorient the DC universe and the DC properties. So I understand some sort of these decisions. Of, but like, but it's also weird because the movie was almost done. Yeah. So, scoop, so scoop was I, almost done. if he was only doing this to DC Comics stuff, I would probably care less because it's like, whatever. It's just he's like the hundredth person to decide that we need to reboot and reshape DC universe. But then he's whatever. also like, um, but what taking movies off HBO Max? Yeah, six movies. Which, by the way, I was going to say. Out what's loud, concerning is this is he's a them, pure but. numbers being counter guy, and there's an end. There's an end logical result to all this, which we'll get to at the end. Um, but I mean, it seems like you want to read off the six movies. Yeah. That were, so it was. It you was may recognize Moon, some of these folks. Moonshot with has Lena Condor and one of the Spouse Brothers, Cole Sprouse uh, and Cole Zach Braff. Um, which one had the picture? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, Super Intelligence, uh, which is a Melissa McCarthy film, and American Pickle, which we did on the episode. Yeah. And I, whenever I remember it, I'm like, that was a fun movie. That was a good one. And I would rewatch it. I think it's a good, like, <laughs> you can now. I know. Yeah. I well, okay. A, actually, I do have a thing to say to that, but it might be locked, on Prime, but locked down, uh, which is 
a quarantine movie about quarantine, but I don't think they ever specify which yeah. two in Hathaway movies because lockdowns in Hathaway. And then-, and then the witches is another one, which every time I see promotional art for it, I cringe because I think it objectively looks bad. So whatever. That but was then a, also Charm that was a City- big movie from like who directed that? Was that Robert Zemeckis? I think it was. Yeah. Like that's so a it was a weird movie. film to, to not do well, but yeah, then yes. Charm City Kings, which I heard was pretty great. Um, which is, uh, Unfortunately, like a Sundance standout, I think. Yeah. And now all six of these can be rented. I went to just watch before this and I saw that they're all listed like crazy. Moonshot in particular, I wanted to watch this year because I like Lana Condor and I like teen movies and it's basically a teen movie in space. So cool, whatever. So I did pick it up on Rental and Voodoo because I'm like, I'm wondering to myself, <laughs> uh oh, does Zaslav know about these other like two? Is he about to take it from those two? Like, he's just the Terminator. So I literally, after this recording, I'm probably gonna watch moonshot because i'm like this movie's dead like it's not it's that never <laughs> well, gonna be out there so but. first off that's scary and if you want to know how per that tax law there still is a period afterwards of quote performance where they maybe they can't recoup 100 percent of the cost or whatever but they can still get a level of tax write-off for a movie per like a certain period post um its release so which is i really think about that for a second like he there he both has the ability and incentive to at random pull things and just bury them in a in the back in his backyard somewhere also in the same uh stroke he benched um and that's the joke from IndieWire. but lebron james and uh maverick carter were doing a reboot of the house party franchise which some of you 90s kids might remember that and it was a completed show it's done they shot the whole thing it's done it was supposed to del- debut on july 28th and that's been shelved um, and so people started actually going back and going, wait a minute, like, is this new? And no, this is what Zaslav has been doing. Some of you may recall a couple of different, like nerd favorite things that just were killed randomly. Um, the one that broke a lot of people's hearts was Joe Parra talks with you from adult swim. Oh yeah. I've heard that's really great. It's really, it's really charming and funny and interesting. And that it has a canceled. ton of different, like, it's like I, it's not one show, right? It's like there's like six different versions of it's, it or whatever, but like yeah, it's, it's all the same. Whatever. It's one show with a lot of um, permutations. I'll say it's okay. very unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Full Frontal Samantha B was canceled, which I know that show had, had its fans. Snowpiercer was canceled, which I know that show had oh, its fans. I heard that was really great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's gone, and a bunch of other stuff like Close Enough on HBO Max, which I was watching. It's okay. It's just it's regular show swear words. Um, Raised by Wolves, which was critically acclaimed, though I don't know if it ever got the audience. Uh, uh, one of our one of our listeners, Sean Orman, is a huge fan of Raised by Wolves. CNN Plus was just scrapped days after launch. Yes, but that whole made service. Sense. That one actually, um, like I read a lot about that one in particular. Yeah, that one. Was, you can, that one made sense. But like, what's crazy is there's a show called Chad, uh, which was supposed to debut on TBS hours before its second season premiere. It was canceled. Like it was on the docket, on the schedule. Uh, Little Ellen, which is a nightmare show. It's a it's an animated show about Ellen DeGeneres uh, that had a full season three producer made that got canceled before it saw the light of day. Um, a Wonder Twins film was canceled like the day after they announced the cast for the film. It was then canceled. Um, this is just this guy's ruthless. Um, <laughs> Me and- complaining during Archive 81. Netflix, what are you doing? <laughs> this. Oh my gosh! I know. <laughs> At least the show came out. <laughs> there was a tweet you know? that you had reshared that was basically like Netflix right now more than ever has the opportunity to assert that they're yeah, creative I that. friendly. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was you. Yeah, okay. So that like they could just be picking up this project. They could just say, actually, I'm not okay with this. You get a second season, <laughs> Archive Anyone? You get a second yeah. season, or at least like a movie, right? Like a, just a like the old style of like finishing a show yeah, was to just like a TV create a TV movie, yeah. which is like cool. Like let's go back to that. It doesn't have to be the massive budget of doing a whole show. Um, part of why um, Yonan Vesquez did a Zim movie is because he was routinely pitched to do another season by all kinds of people. And he was just like, that sounds like a lot of work that I don't <laughs> want to do. But then he was like, can I do a movie? And they're like, yes, why? And he goes, because it's less work. And they're like, okay. And it costs less, less work. And then it's done. And so like, just do that. It, but like, this is like totally different. Well, so this yeah, is this totally is totally different. Discovery Plus, for those who've never watched Discovery, plus which are the former discovery channel um this and zaslov they're the people that turned like tlc and the history channel into those channels with really bad reality tv that's what 
he that's what he does um and that's why you get somebody who is just purely looking at numbers doesn't matter artistic merit doesn't matter ambition that's how something scoob like the uh, sequel to scoob which i think we either have talked around the past or something we've briefly um, mentioned it i've watched it, it. Okay. i think you've we mentioned it in a trailer talk where you talked about oh, like okay. how we might have it was talk. like gonna be a warner brothers or no, shared universe, universe baby which just like as a joke sounds really funny to for us to all just like participate in but like i, I think dick dastardly another. was like the villain of the movie if it's i remember really or something but and like scooby-doo they... is like the the um oh yeah the, he's like he's an ancient yeah he's connected prophecy. to like an ancient egyptian dog this is like what they took dog. from you folks uh yeah yeah. But yeah, so a completed, basically completed sequel to that was scrapped. Again, this is a finished film. Like maybe there's some, you know, I's to dot and T's to cross, but it's it's done. But it's because they did some accounting and it has a tax write-off that saves them money. So it's gone. And I guess the question though is, will they be permanently gone? Or is this so for this per, quarter they're gone per and then they the can law, come later? As a tax write-off, they cannot commercially profit off it in any way. So they cannot release Ever? it. Ever. I don't know if there's like a statue of limitations thing on it, but yeah, for the foreseeable future, they yeah. legally can't. <laughs> do you remember Unless when Sony like got hacked? It. Yeah. Do you remember when Sony got hacked and it was huge? Uh, and North we just Korea to... just releases Batgirl onto the. <laughs> yeah, but it turns out it wasn't even North Korea. But like, yeah, I remember the part of what was fascinating about the hack is we get to just like see into the how the entire company reacted to stuff, like the different pitches for Spider Man. Um, the ghost, uh, the ghostbusters 2016 had been pitched to have a dance number. And in the movie, it's clear that they shot it because there's a scene where characters are just standing in a pose and no one understood why, um, really fascinating stuff. I'm not pro midnight's edge. I think they're kind of annoying on YouTube and I haven't watched them in years, but in like 2017 midnight's edge on YouTube did a huge series on the Spider-Man stuff, reading pretty much all of the emails. And it's really great. Um, I feel like there's going to be that one, like the Snyderverse people who made all these Twitter bots, they could do something. I'm not promoting this because it'd be illegal, but I'm saying you could see a world in which those people decided to just get that Batgirl movie, man, and put it online <laughs> or get the school movie and just put it online. I don't know. Like this is, this is, what happens when you start getting the people who read screen rant and comic book online all the time to just get mad. Cause like, this is a lot of stuff to just like take away from people who clearly have no right because it's just media. So who cares? But like, this is just weird. Like, am, are you kind of getting the same vibe where like, that's kind of what's happening here. Like somebody might just get mad and be like, this is my Batman. Or, I could this see is my- it. I mean, that's what happened with um, Deadpool. Like Deadpool got scrapped, and then so someone just often, leaked the uh, often believed to just be Ryan Reynolds um, leaked the footage online right. and got people excited. But um, in this case, like it, it it is a it is a reminder that Nosferatu as a film would not exist if it wasn't for piracy. Um, like there is a level where like some people are advocating <laughs> for that the history for that. Like that's the, lit- that movie because it was for copyright reasons because it was seen as a copyright violation of Dracula. The only reason it exists is because of piracy. Um, Interesting. There's a whole bunch of films from back in the day um, that the only reason they even still exist is because people stole them or or, or were like selling them around in black markets. Classic actual... Roger Corman, Fantastic Four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a more recent example. Yeah, like I've been finding um, for Stygian, James Wan's first movie. <laughs> you can't find it; it doesn't exist. And someone had an AMA with the his co-director for it, who says, "I have a copy, but I'm not releasing it." Like, so you just it just doesn't you can't watch it. Yeah. Oh, I you want to you want to watch all his movies on Letterboxd? You can't because no one can watch Stygian. I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, or, the, or it's like a day the clown cried, where it's like it exists and we know it exists, but because of like the powers that be, it's like hidden in a vault somewhere, or, or attempts to show the film have been shut down and stuff. Um, but it, it, it is, what about, like, uh, what, <laughs> uh, Corey Feldman's movie from like two years ago, <laughs> uh, hackers stopped it. Yeah. My truth or something. Yeah. But, Only yeah. one screening and you had to pay like $300 for it. And then, yeah, yeah it never or got that Wu-Tang clan album that was brought by Martin Shkreli or whatever his name is, but and now it's owned by like a, an NFT collection. <laughs> how did, how did worst it chance to someone I like less? I don't understand, oh, man um but it, it, it is it's a weird thing where 
initially the whole like streaming online that's how things got preserved like the idea is if it hits the internet it's there forever and now it's like the opposite which is things that only exist on streaming don't get physical releases like disney is not like releasing she hulk on dvd or blu-ray or anything like now it's just like these things could just be gone in an instant and this is particularly scary because um so it was announced that hbo max 70 percent of their um of their staff's being laid off and hbo max like HBO Max side of things, not HBO. HBO is an entity which is separate from HBO Max. Will still create shows like Barry and stuff. However, in terms of like creating HBO Max originals, that's not going to be a thing anymore. They're moving away from scripted television um, because scripted television costs money, and so it is cheaper. And they create more, and they get just as high ratings and stuff for you know my Six Hundred Pound Life, Ninety Day Fiance, these types of shows, reality shows generate lots of viewers and get lots of online engagement for a fraction of the cost. And this is the end logical like endpoint of somebody who looks purely at when numbers. I, when I think of the home box office, I think of my strange addiction. Yeah. <laughs> I think of people eating spoons, you know? Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, HBO is a channel will likely still produce shows like game of thrones type shows or whatever so like yeah games gone has come out i said peacemaker season two is still happening that sort of thing um <laughs> people from the flash released a statement just says all's good in Flashland." <laughs> <laughs> i saw that yeah <laughs> very reassuring um, is, so, that yeah. the, is that what we're calling ezra miller's compound <laughs> <Just like Flashland. laughs> that's what's happening in ezra miller's mind baby <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Joker yeah. two gets greenlit because Joker one made a billion dollars. That is safe. Everything else, and this is where some of the people going, well, maybe he's gonna bring back a Snyder first stuff. Really gets me, which is you think the notorious penny pincher who is axing things because they don't want to spend fifty million dollars is gonna greenlight a three hundred billion dollar movie based on a divisive creator's vision? The guy who hates Clint Eastwood for no reason. This is not the guy who's gonna champion creator driven products. This is the guy who's going to look at numbers and go, this makes money. This makes even more money. This thing that makes less money is dead. That's how he's thinking because scripted television is expensive. This is why um, Peacock paid the WWE billions and billions of dollars uh, because it's quote unquote scripted, but they make a million hours of like content every and week. Yet I can't a watch a single thing on that streaming service. <laughs> Did you see SummerSlam? I don't know. I don't know what to do. I want to watch Dude, this Lo- stuff. Logan Paul had a great match. How do I watch <laughs> it though? Like what? What <laughs> are the matches ended because a guy do you brought know what a I tractor do? and do you know what I ring. do? I, I open up Peacock on my phone. I'm going to do this right now. Here, I'll even I'll turn like you're like you're the kid who's like you got you got any games on your phone. Look it over my shoulder. I open up the WWE in here and I'm like, okay, what do I do? <laughs> oh, SummerSlam Saturday, July 30th. But wasn't there like other shows before that? So it's like yeah. it's like I'm putting on like a <laughs> like an episode of television, but I watched the first episode and now I'm yeah. gonna watch episode six. What you're happened? Like, you're like my know. friend who watched Civil War after only seeing Age Ultron and Ant Man. <laughs> like how am like, I was just like, who's Bucky? <laughs> what is happening? Um, I literally like because you told me Mondays and Fridays. Okay, it's Friday. Why is it still money in the bank from July second? <laughs> See, this is why Peacock gained zero new subscribers this quarter. I don't know how zero. to zero. That this... includes free subscribers who signed up for like Comcast Internet or whatever. They gained <laughs> Z- zero. Wait, wait, okay, wait. They literally gained zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> did they present that as in this quarter? We did not lose a single subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a thing where like they happen to gain exactly where they lost, so the net game was zero. But like, uh, that's zero. bad, right? They lost billions of dollars. Oh, Again, man. this is why it's Netflix's time, baby. <laughs> like, my dream, honestly, and this is—I know we're reeling from from a merger, and this is Warner Brothers mergers are notoriously bad. This is what killed WCW. Um, this is what has killed multiple careers and projects. And once again, a merger from a guy named Zaslav. So here's the thing. The rumor right now, the un- overlying rumor is that HBO Max is the one that's going to get merged in Discovery Plus, not the other way around. Yeah. Which is what I thought was going to be. I thought it was going to be everyone has HBO Max and we're going to merge Discovery Plus into one of its channels. Which, yes. Because everyone always talked about how HBO that Max makes sense, right? is really great, but it's the, <laughs> the one thing HBO Max doesn't have is like easy to engage, cheap content. Like that's Netflix has that with the reality shows. Peacock technically has it with Love Island. So they have like and and just all Peacock is based and, on a lot yeah, of Yeah, Office, recess. Parks and Rec, you know. But like 
HBO Max didn't really have that. And so Discovery coming in was great. And I've even just said, like, finally, I can watch Ghost Adventures again. I'm really excited <laughs> to do that because it's silly and it's obviously you fool. Fake, it's so fun. You fool. And then I text you like two hours ago, like, I can't believe this is the cost <laughs> of wanting to watch Ghost Your Adventures. Your monkey's paw wish has gone horribly awry. <laughs> Yeah, it's like just terrible. HBO Max is around 80 million subscribers. These are these are just rough estimate. Like and Discovery Plus is like 25, 30 million, like way way less. So, yeah, why not put Discovery Plus right there with Turner Classic Movies or Ghibli or whatever? Why would you do this? Why would you take the best streaming service which has the best library? Gets everyone agrees that it's the best one. And just destroy it for the Ghost Adventures channel. You know, I don't understand. Like, it makes so little sense to everyone. Because even even in Jaslov's mind of like... (laughs) It's happening again. My body and mind are doing the thing that I described (laughs) 20 minutes ago. We're like, I'm just completely like resisting convulsion. I don't understand. I don't like... Yeah. Does this person even have like human contact with other people <laughs> that aren't in boardroom meetings? Like, does he? What does he do when he goes home? He just I think puts he's on one like of ghosts on ghost hunters. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> the real Saslov died years ago. He's just oh, his hand his appeared behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> he just destroyed something. I don't know. Uh, ah! it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not surprising. And like people have noted that, like, okay, he canceled Naomi. He canceled Batgirl. He canceled Supergirl. Um, he's canceling all the things starring any What does this guy look like? I um, want to know what he looks like, so I have a face for this. Time to, he he, time to he find got out. rid of um, the woman who was in charge of HBO, the highest ranking woman in Hollywood. He fired her and he created a board and the boardroom is all like his old buddies and stuff. So it's very it's very much like the typical bad regime change where a guy shows up, brings in his people and just gets rid of everyone else. Um, and that's like the real to me, that's partially what's so sad is like hbo max is one of the few non like um because you have you have services like the criterion channel and shutter which they have great libraries but they definitely serve a particular demographic hbo max is one of the few ones i could think of where there was a higher likelihood of people discovering other shows they would like you know where right there like maybe you'd got them watching every dc comic show on there hey why not check out a studio Ghibli film, like a cool looking anime. Why not check out a classic film? Like there was a higher likelihood of people like going down a rabbit hole and actually discovering something really cool. They otherwise wouldn't. Well, every other service is built around the idea of either just giving you more of the same stuff you already watch like Netflix or Hulu is kind of its own weird thing or Disney plus, or are you honestly Disney plus Paramount plus and Peacock, all these other uh, services have like, I feel like very specific libraries. HBO max was legitimately offering a wide variety of experiences and shows of varying genres and qualities with different like artist viewpoints and things like that. And the idea that that is what's going to get lost is really sad to me where HBO max is one of the last places that really like, trusted its own audience to just discover stuff. Maybe you want to watch the Sopranos. Maybe you want to watch the wire, or maybe you just want to watch like cartoons. Maybe you just want to watch a regular show or adventure time again. Maybe you just want to watch like a bunch of animated DC comics movies. Sure, why not? And HBO Max was the spot for that. And it's just going to be destroyed for a bunch of ghost hunting shows. Like, I don't, I'm fully planning on canceling my subscription once this actually happens. Like, I just have no interest in watching uh, the reality TV channel uh, streaming service, especially if they're going to start axing things like um, Young Justice or whatever. Because here's the thing that I think some people who are really hoping that maybe this will be the guide to restore the DC universe, guys. This is somebody who does not like expensive, high concept shows that have niche audiences, a.k.a. most comic book things. The Marvel yes. Cinematic Universe is the exception to the rule. Nobody's watching Constantine. I keep having to beg people to watch Doom Patrol. Um, Swamp Thing got canceled after one season. Like, and it wasn't even finished and it was <laughs> complete and people liked it. People really yeah. like Swamp Thing. Yeah. Derek Mirror was it? Yeah. And like. Look at the box office numbers for the DC Extended Universe. Actually, look at them. The last movie to make more than $400 million was Aquaman in 2018. Everything else has made under $400 million. And these are expensive movies. And yes, you could blame the pandemic. You could blame the the confusing continuity issues or whatever. But the DC Extended Universe has not been the money-making machine that people think it is. Justice League reportedly actually lost money 
Um, Wonder Woman 84 the was 2017 just one or the Snyder Cut? The, I mean, d- both combined, the, it's lost money. But 2017 one specifically, the Snyder Cut is admittedly a very unique situation where you got more money to finish it, which is so wild to me. But that was the old regime. As much as fans act like the old regime hated Snyder, they didn't. They gave him his movie, you know, and Zaslav fired those people. So welcome to the welcome to the new boss, guys. Um, it is just a very depressing, sad situation to me where I mean, Netflix is just hemorrhaging money and content. Peacock is losing money. Uh, gosh, like, I don't know who else even is out there. But we are hitting the end of the streaming bubble always, I think. I think that's where we're at, where everyone's diversified too much. Where it used to be you just get Netflix, and Netflix had everything. And now everyone took their ball and went home and started to start their own service. And now if you want to watch Star Trek and Star Wars and DC Comics, you need three separate services. And that's just cable. We have effectively a cable TL television again, where it was now said She-Hulk is moving to Thursdays, not compete with Andor Wednesdays. So Disney Plus has officially um, come up with scheduling for, for different nights and days, like a cable channel again. This is just where we're headed again. The streaming bubble is officially bursting, and HBO Max is the really the canary in the coal mine, I think. And it's just sad. Because but it is not out of character, because I opened it is up not uh, out of character. HBO has had HBO HD. HBO, HBO on demand, <laughs> HBO Go, HBO Now, and now HBO Max will be added to the list of just the graveyard. Dead. That Walking is a set of the rings tombstones. in my hands. That is the Infinity Stones. <laughs> well, that's uh, it's, great. It's, I mean, and, and and lest we forget, these are this is people's jobs. Seventy percent of people at HBO Max are going to lose their jobs. Yeah, and all, all these sucks. people making yeah. all these shows and movies. Like, what is what is even this your, is like Quibi your, your job security anymore though? Did anyone expect HBO Max to be like Quibi? Did anybody <laughs> predict this? Like I've, I actually, before this recording, which will probably be up like today or tomorrow. So the, the fourth or the fifth, uh, I was thinking like, now's the time to release those four episodes that we did talking about Quibi, where I could just like edit out the stuff that was about these shows will be nowhere. Cause now they're on Roku, but like talking about the concept of producing content for a particular medium. So like wireless and in particular was like, wireless is best engaged by flipping your phone back and forth between the formats because it changes what you see. And also part of the metatextual engagement of the narrative is doing that. Um, whether or not I actually put them up, one of the best parts of the the, the show was a character is driving down a road and he's the, the, if you hold the film, why are the, the phone widescreen? You got a, a typical movie shot of what was going on, but every now and then the character would look at his phone. So you tilt it back portrait mode and it shows you what's on his phone. And it's, so it's like you're texting and driving and a character then inevitably gets pulled over. The character gets pulled over. So it's like, but you would have noticed that the, the police lights were there in the, initially if you kept watching it in film. So you were participating in it, but that's just gone because I'm pretty sure I can't turn my television sideways when I'm watching it on Roku. And like, that's like a different degree of losing media as opposed to what's happening with HBO max, where it's like, I guess these are just gone somehow. Like can like, yeah, like we talked about before, can Zaslav permit these movies to be rentable <laughs> or does that mean that they're making profit? Like, I don't, I don't know what has to happen. It, for it to know. count. Like <laughs> it's tough. It's tough to call. It's I, I cannot get over the idea that like as an actor, as a writer, director, producer, as a gaffer, as a set set dresser, as a whatever, like there is no job security anymore. It could be hours before your thing hits the air and it's just gone. And you're like, not even getting royalties no. because it's well, streamed, streaming, so it doesn't you know, count. Yeah, your movie that's been on streaming for when did we release our American Pickle episode? How long has that been? 2020. That was like, over 2020. It was like, like just after that's American been Gospel there episode. for years, and it's just gone. You know, um, and well, I you know can rent it, but maybe not for long. Yeah. So. Well, it's just like that's that is all annoying too. Like something that you had fully at your fingertips for. I mean free quote-unquote you're paying the hbo but like suddenly something that was just in your library is gone which again not to beat this drum guys but uh physical, physical media it's yeah. the only way to make sure that you got something forever i was just talking to somebody on twitter that half the reason i own dogma on dvd is because it can't hit streaming because of rights issues and the blu-ray that's released is currently several hundred dollars and uh it's not gonna get reissued anytime soon you know and this is very different to like light 
changes. So like we didn't even mention this in Stranger Things, but like the Duffer brothers have quote unquote George Lucas scenes from the couple first seasons. But usually they, it's they, little they, things. They maintain up and down. That is not true. But other no, people I differ. Literally let yeah. it, read an interview that they said they have done that. Yeah. And they jokingly said how like the changes they've made are very small, very subtle. Right, right. Stuff like a character's birthday is mentioned in season two. And then a character's birthday, the same character is a different day in season four. So they're like, we'll just change the line from season two because it's in, inconsequential. Um, but also, like, I'm a big fan of like movies having mistakes because they're not real. So it's okay. <laughs> and like, I literally recommended Close Up, a Criterion film, a beautiful movie. And during one of the scenes that's like a recreation, so literal fiction, the boom mic drops into the scene <laughs> and I saw it bold as day because it's black in a bright scene. So it's super obvious. So if a movie as respected and loved as that can have mistakes, just, just let stuff be like that. You don't have to be, but this is like, a. I, again, I'm bringing up something that's a little functionally different, right? George Lucas thing is totally different, but like physical media lets you preserve the original as it is. It's also fine as it is. I just feel like this sort of comprehend it just seems like a weird way to interpret art to think you have to change something or to think it's all about the money. Like that's just, I think that's what gets down to like why these things can be so frustrating is like Zazzle talking about it. Like it's purely industry, which it is, but like that it's purely, purely decision making is only based around money means inevitably Zavlov should just join like, I don't know, the porn industry because that's going to make him way more money because it doesn't matter what he's producing because it's reality television that people clearly want. So like, why, why is he putting out other stuff? Although I, I, I don't I just, I don't know what's worse though, exploiting someone's misfortune by having like my 600 pound wife or producing hardcore pornography i can't decide but i guess everyone's gonna find out when they get discovery plus and hbo max is one of the little subscripts underneath it that that you get so i don't know but i like i said at least i'll watch ghost adventures so that's yeah. i guess he got me i to, guess he's right everyone's joking now that Tubi is gonna be king um <laughs> but someone i can't out, believe Tubi made it there, like there's a, the, there's the a one move. streaming service that we've all known existed but never used and it's just like to, oh to give gosh. you context for how awesome Tubi is, <laughs> someone pointed out that in the movie Fear City, if you watch it on Tubi, the first four seconds are a DVD menu. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> That's like my voodoo copies of The Office. There's mistakes in it. There's literally one part where I like the the visual skips, like if, like if buffering was poor, and I rewound it because I was like, oh, I guess my my audio my my uh, my streaming was bad. My internet connection was bad. Nope, that's just the copy that exists on Voodoo. And it's <laughs> just great. there. And there's like two or three times that it happens throughout my, oh, my copies. Oh, so breaking Ezra Miller news. Okay, let's talk about what uh, is this? Flash like, actor. Zaslav shoots Ezra Miller. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. <laughs> Zaslav signs Ezra Miller to a $200 million first look deal. What is happening? Um, uh, friends concerned as the Flash actor travels the U.S. in body armor and faces claims of running a cult in Iceland. <laughs> what happened? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why don't they cancel that and just put out Batgirl? Why is Ezra Miller speedrunning R. Kelly's career? I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> I know that Ezra so Miller. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll pre- um, I know that he uh, uh, prefers they them, but my wife did bring up like there is something a little culturally sinister that someone who initially uh, promoted themselves as a white male is keeping his movie despite his background while a very relatively cult multicultural <laughs> yeah. film that's cheaper is the one that gets the act like that girl yeah 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 go back a week and i was like guess which of these movies gets canceled yeah <laughs> just <laughs> guess guess which one Oh, man. Uh, the one with the returning beloved character. And Does a, anybody have a cam rip of the scene before the Batman where it's uh, not the bef- uh, an advertisement before the Batman where they're like five DC movies coming out this year. Yeah, Do you remember that? Heroes. Do you remember that clip? We need heroes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's got to be a cam rip somewhere. And like Warner Brothers is just aggressively trying to take that down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, man. It, yeah. Someone make a supercut of all the advertisements we've seen. Of these movies, like they have to exist, like somewhere to, out there to re- to return to the the DC comics to finalize uh, this. Well, <laughs> well so after Comic Con, 
and every day on the DC Cinematic subreddit, which I highly recommend people check out because it's really a trip. Um, but like, there's always posts of like, I'm so, I'm so sick of DC. I feel broken as a fan, you know, whatever. Um, because you know, not getting a blue beetle or Batgirl movie is the worst thing to happen to you. But, but like, it is interesting comparing like everyone. So when Comic-Con happened and Marvel announced movies through 2025, including two Avengers films, everyone's like, this sucks. Like talking about phase six already, like is phase four, just a dud. Like we're moving on. Phase four ends with Wakanda forever with the galaxy holiday special. What was the goal of phase four grief? We're grieving the grieving phase. it, It is a transitional period between phases. Assuming phase five is good. We'll see. Cause if I think phase four can retroactively be seen as like decent ish, if the following phases either build upon the strains or whatever, but I mean, we're, we're speculating, but Anyways, um, yeah. But then DC, and then meanwhile, the, as Comic Con, the oh, there are only two projects from DC that are showcased: Black Adam and Shazam Two. Um, and so fans were like, "Well, guys, everyone's overreacting. That's just what they announced. Like we we know we know that Batgirl's coming and Supergirl and the Green Lantern show and all this stuff, and all of those are rumored to be canceled or confirmed dead. Yeah. Um, and so there's just like there's just this pessimism and sadness among the fandom where. Like all they want is just a Justice League movie in theaters with all the characters they like, while Marvel just keeps announcing projects and pumping these out and pumping these out. And we may hate the machine to an extent because it smashes things and makes things all the same. But there is something to be said for that consistency. And that's really the thing that hurts DC and- so much is there's no consistency because even people going, well, maybe they just want to get Michael Keaton because they're trying to clean up the thing. But they just announced a sequel to the standalone Joker movie. And the big Batman movie is a Robert Pattinson uh, Batman. They exist his own continuity. Like they're still like, it's just still what it is. You know, it's just so madness. And now that you have this Batman at the wheel, who's cutting things for being too expensive, who knows what the future is, you know, it's rumored that there was a green Lantern TV show with announced cast that just was quietly axed a year ago. You know, I don't know. You're saying you're about to say something. I, I just, I, I just think, um, this whole experience shows the permeability or, or the, the um, impenetrable Marvel machine that it can ex- that it can suffer through an Eternals or even a Thor uh, Love and Thunder that uh, it's still just fine, like it's totally fine, and it's also able to survive the rightfully so massive criticism of the CG industry. Um, yes responding to all this how, stuff that like how could warner brothers up them in the controversy market <laughs> how were they able to do that it's in, really amazing so john chan just put out a video talking about video game compounds and how like after the first one dropped a bunch of other like uh like uh, big i don't know i don't watch twitch i i have not i play video games a lot and i have a lot of opinions on them but i would never describe myself as a gamer and like so i don't understand this stuff but they just had all these other videos of compounds like and including one that just wasn't even finished building so like two people are just walking around this like unfinished place with no hard hats pointing out this is where our foyer will be and then it goes into like vr and shows it off this is what's happening with the industry where it's like netflix dies peacock zero subscribers though (laughs) hbo max dead movies baby (laughs) oh you thought we were putting discovery into hbo max Nah, we're putting HBO Max into Discovery. Like, does the Studio Ghibli deal just not exist anymore after this? Like, I don't know. Or does it exist and they just it's, won't have a home for them? But they'll keep them on lock like a Disney vault. So, like, right. no other streaming service can have the Ghibli movies unless you live in another country and, like, you're just, like, using NordVPN or something. It, yeah, it's going to be a Ghost Hunters channel featuring Game of Thrones and Peacemaker. You know, that's what Discovery Plus is going to be. Which is one of my criticisms of Netflix is that it doesn't have a curation based on like channels, which is one of the best things about HBO Max was like, if you wanted to just watch adult swim shows, you could go to that curated section and it would showcase it. And I'm sure they had a light algorithm to be like, oh, if you liked Steve Brule, you'll probably like Tim and Eric and they could run with that. But like Netflix is just like, here's some horror shows. And it clearly shows off its Netflix ones first and then the rest afterward. And that's just a little confusing, but like merging with discovery plus and just making it like a, just a mess. I'm just, I, we're, we're speculating on how they're going to set it up. But like, if it's just like that again, it's just going to make it harder to navigate. Like the fact that you could recommend to someone who never used streaming to use HBO max and say like, Oh, you like Ghibli movies. 
it's super easy to watch those um, on there. Like, I don't know. This, it really is bizarre that we have been celebrating HBO Max. You have recommended it multiple times on the podcast. Stephen McFerrin, who just like, I think recommended it on one of our episodes that we talked about that's going to be coming out later. Like, it's just like, why do we say that? Why do we waste our time doing that? <laughs> why, why do I waste my time? Yeah. And doing it, this? It, what, what concerns me too, is like there's, I've recommended for a show called infinity train. It's an animated show and it's part of why it got canceled is because it's quote unquote a kid show, but it became progressively far too dark to be like a children's show. It's very, very good. I really, it's, it has one of my favorite premises for a show, which is there's a train that runs forever and each car is like a different like sub universe. And it specifically takes on passengers who are in a moment of crisis and they have to learn some life lesson to get off the train. It's really good. It's really interesting. Um, and, but it was canceled because it has sort of a niche appeal. And if it's just Max, fantasy Island, it's, it's fantasy, it's fantasy Island, I- <laughs> but it's really, it's really, really it's good. cool. <laughs> I re- it's really cool. Um, it's really interesting. It's really well done. Um, the third season is genuinely like heartbreaking and sad, uh, but spoilers, but, um, but like based on the algorithm within Warner brothers, because it's a show that doesn't have a wide enough appeal, is it just going to get written off? Is it going to disappear and be lost forever? Is it when they, when they merge max and discovery, are there going to be tons of projects that mysteriously don't make the transition? You know what I mean? Where they use this opportunity to really trim down the, the, the libraries because they'd rather than take up the server space or the hosting costs, they just decide to, to prioritize more quote popular shows, which are going to be, you know, shows about hunting aliens or whatever, you know, weird. it's going to, that's the, that's what's the end game, I think probably. And then if it's successful, like if they turn profits this way, is every other streamer going to fall suit where they stop green lighting originals, like severance or the bear or shows that like maybe you'll get a hit, but the 10 of the other prestige type dramas you try to make don't quite land, you know, maybe it'll be like cannibal. And instead everyone's like, well, we need to do is green light more reality shows or cheaper unscripted shows or shows where people go to like thrift stores and find cool things, you know, or whatever. And so is that going to be what sets the standard for the industry? And then streaming becomes just a wasteland of garbage. <laughs> I know this guy's super old, but I wish Bob Iger would get like a podcast and just talk about industry stuff. Cause I'm sure his, like his business insight to a lot of these weird geeky nerdy things would be just fascinating to listen to because Bob Iger seemed like the kind of guy who, yes, business is important because obviously, but cause it, cause it sustains though, what you want though, which is to produce content that people can enjoy or or that speaks to them. And like, I just would find that fascinating to hear him talk about this, but I know that's also like in terms of your own industry, potentially disrespectful. Yeah, but maybe, like, he'll, maybe he'll write a tell all book and then when he dies, I'll get published or something. Yeah. Who knows? But like something like this, just like, <laughs> I was about to say something. Yeah, I'll say it. Why not? This is, this is the poll quote. Um, when January 6th happened, I couldn't stop listening to stuff talk about it and this is kind of the same thing where i'm just so shocked by it but in terms of you know my own industry that i keep up with whereas january 6 was like a disaster like the worst this is not that but like it's in the same vein of like my just interest and my intrigue and i just want to understand and like i almost want like someone like netflix better green like green light like a Zaslav biopic and like change the name and just make it just like a well, parody it's, film about it's, it's like gonna I just want to understand this yeah every sort like Netflix is going to corner the true crime serial killer market yeah you they're know? killing that they're um, literally pun you know pun intended. Hulu's going to have more broad like they have the action park or whatever um, documentary they're going to they're going to have those discovery is going to be the ancient aliens, you know, like guy with 20 wives, whatever <laughs> shows. And then Apple plus will, who knows, maybe they'll still keep prestige. Amazon's going to ride the Lord of the Rings chain as far as they can. You know, that's the, that's the future of streaming, you know, and then Peacock's just going to be the WWE office machine, you know? Yeah. 
and Paramount yeah. Plus is <laughs> so maybe someone will watch it and tell me what's on it. I don't know. <laughs> they're bringing back Beavis and Butthead, right? That's one of the things they're doing. And I heard the movie was really good. Uh, the the one that came back, and then the, yeah, they're gonna have another couple shows. Plus, they have the South Park not movies, but not show on there, which I've heard are good. But who's using Paramount Plus? Nobody's using Paramount Plus. That thing's that thing's dead. But that's it. That, that's pretty much it. I think uh, there's really nothing else to talk about unless something literally just happened. I mean, this episode is coming out either the day of or the day after the second quarter earnings call that Warner Brothers is having. But I like to think that it, it, some some uh, <laughs> investors are like, uh, I was looking forward to Batgirl, and, <laughs> and like, oh, apparently really everyone got paid up front for Batgirl, which is hard, pow, part of how they're able to do this because yeah. they're mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, you wasted your time. You part of part of why you're an actor doing a movie is you want it to be seen so you can get more jobs. But you know, yes. I guess I could just. Not be well, like Michael Keaton doesn't need that, but Leslie Grace does. You right? Know? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff here. Cinematographers yeah. who worked on the project want to have their work be seen. Directors want to have yeah. their work be seen. This is very, very not good. Um, but whatever. Like, we'll, we'll also it. see if Zaslav decides to just can DC Comics. Right. Like the comics you mean? The comics, not- divi- the comics division. Like, are they making money? That's. I think that's a. Mm. <laughs> do you want to keep talking about it i don't know i just, that's a little, I don't know. just throwing out i don't little... know anything about it. like or will they go all digital right i think i think this is some doomsday talk dan why can't you be you're being very divisive here why can't we just come together why can't we just talk about things that bring us it's together, like what dan? marvel does disney what marvel does disney's turned marvel comics into a testing ground for concepts for tv shows and movies right and for a time, they used it as a time to be petty. Like, Fantastic Four, <laughs> no more. Yeah. We're killing that. Mutants and then at kill some all point, the Inhumans. Yeah, at <laughs> I mean, some point humans kill the mutants, you know? <laughs> at some point, they were like, let's be rational about this and actually <laughs> make out money fantasies. out of this. Yeah, but like, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's why I'm so curious about this. Like, right. at some point, I'll accept the beating that this is and just be like, okay, but now I want to understand your psyche, which is basically the entire true crime world. Um, but like <laughs> inside the mind the- of Zazzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, currently I'm just very confused. So uh, maybe he'll give a uh, Ray Fisher, that cyborg movie after all. It's <laughs> <laughs> a makeup. But I thought, Zaslav, you said this isn't the, the film Friends. It's the film industry or whatever. He's just isn't... like, I like Cyborg. He's just like a Cyborg t-shirt. Like, yeah. It's the one DC character he likes. He Oh, he does that. He does what, um, what's that movie? A Kung Pao. He pulls a Kung Pao with Batgirl and just superimposes Cyborg into every scene instead of Batgirl. Oh, man. It's bad ADR for like... <laughs> This is your mission, Cyborg. <laughs> you know, this is so terrible. That's right, we'll it. see. That's what we got. <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine. A special shout out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlyon, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck. We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.